Hello, everyone, and thank you very much for tuning in. Today, we're going to discuss why this book could make you undateable if we are to believe Twitter. So Atlas Rugged was actually trending for hours a couple of days ago, both in the US and in the UK. But it was not for a good reason. It was not that people suddenly decided that it's time to read the book. But it was a Twitter thing. So someone wrote, you're on a first date with someone and they tell you the name of their favorite book. You immediately leave. What's the book? And because so many people answered Atlas Rugged, Atlas Rugged was trending. Now, merely going through the tweets was a super fun experience. So I have many comments for that. But also we're going to have a discussion generally about dating, about whether your ideas impact dating. I would actually claim that quite often if you have weird and unconventional ideas, it can be a blessing to your dating life. And to discuss this, my co-host today is someone who, again, I don't think would have problem with dating, no matter what book he would bring up on a first date, Mark Pellegrino. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm very good. So good. first question before we get to the, to the funny tweet issue. So how, what has been your experience with your ideas and politics and dating? Has it been ever a factor where you thought, okay, that's going to be weird? Or were you, was, it, was it even a thing? I know you're married, so I assume you're not actively dating. But when you were actively dating, was it such a thing <laughs> as it is today? And did you ever see it as an issue or in a good or in a bad way? Um, I, I often found it to be stimulating, as a matter of fact. Or I should say the, the people that I was with found it to be stimulating. And, and uh, more than one actually became objectivists in their, in their own right. So um, it wasn't like a constant source of conversation between the two of us, but it was, it was definitely a, a, there were pockets of time where we would talk about issues that they had different points of view on and the conversation was usually civil and cool and um and i ended up uh, changing minds i never had i never had uh that kind of experience where somebody re rejected me because of my ideas in the in the dating sphere at all i have that experience say on social media for sure where people don't have extended contact with you or even friends on facebook a quote unquote friends, you know, frenemies now um, who, who really uh, who really hate the way I think and let me know it as I let them know. So um, in, in, in fully intimate uh, relationships, it was actually a plus in, in a, a little further away outside the circle. It's, it's problematic. Well, I would I would agree that it's in a way it's something stimulating and particularly I think it's completely the wrong way to see a date if you say, oh, I don't have to bring up something that might upset the other person. The other person does not want or should not want someone who the only reason they're in that date is that you agree with everyone. Actually, I would say, and I don't <laughs> want to, okay, this is not dating advice. This is what I think what has worked for me. Actually, a bit of a challenge, I think people find it quite appealing particularly if initially, so you don't start the date with, oh, by the way, I'm an object, whatever. But I found it often quite funny when I discuss with someone, particularly with an academic, and they say, oh, okay, that, this is a cool guy, whatever. And then I bring Ayn Rand. So there was one particular case. This was not a dating situation. This was drinks after a conference. 
that I told, actually, I, she was a feminist scholar. And when I told her I was really into Ayn Rand, first she thought I was joking. But then when she realized I was not joking, she says, look, I need to talk to you because you're the only living person that I've ever known who claims that they're for Iran. So please keep talking because I didn't know that people like you existed. So I thought all you freaks were just like, so it was kind of a fun experience. So yeah, so to begin with, I don't, I reject the premise that says, oh, there's this book that if someone brings up, the date is, uh, the date is, uh, is over or something like that. But as you said, it's also maybe an issue of back in the day, it was different. Today, maybe it would be a thing. But again, I think if your vibe initially is good, no one is going to leave the table if you bring up Atlas Rugged. And at the end of the day, if they do, I mean, who cares? But also, I think this trend... So, sorry, you want to say something? I think now uh, the people who hate Ayn Rand have had a lot more time to saturate the media with straw men, you know? So in, in many respects, Atlas Shrugged has the same... I don't know, reputation in a sense as the Bible does to some people uh, and and acolytes of, of Ayn Rand could have the, the same type of feel to people who aren't in the know as religious fanatics or cultists. And that's now sort of the general idea. So I could see where people would be automatically turned off if they don't know anything about the ideas or haven't read the book. Right. So... And if you see the tweets under this, the most liked tweets, you will realize that most of these people are close to the people that you are describing. So one of the most liked tweets says, so many, meaning books that they would leave if someone brought up. Where to begin? The Fountainhead, Atlas Rugg. Then he or she, he probably, he goes. The Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Bukowski, Fifty Shades of Grey. So you also notice that you'll see in many of these tweets, there's also a bit of, See how serious I am with the books I read. So many people brought up Fifty Shades of Grey. And there's this elitism there which says, oh, you people are reading this kind of stuff. You, By the way, unapologetically, I've read Fifty Shades of Grey. And actually, I've tried even to read the second book, although it was almost impossible. But, I mean, I would never be embarrassed to, to, to say that. And then there's the other category of people in the, in the thread, which is the left-wing virtue signalist who says there are too many to choose from. Oh, wait, I lost that. Sorry, you, did you want to say something until I find the other person? I Would, uh, In that list, was Bukowski in the list of, of yeah, un- Charles Bukowski. unliked? Oh, come on, man. I think every guy goes through a, a Charles Bukowski stage in his 20s. I went through a Charles Bukowski uh, on my 25s. 20, no, actually earlier. And actually, there was a time I was reading only Bukowski. I was really, really into him. So, and although it was complete, so today I would disdain the beatniks. I think Bukowski was different because he said, look, I'm decadent, but I'm not proud of it. I'm just telling you how decadent my life is. Whereas with some other of the beatniks, they seem to make a virtue out of this decadent. So I always found Bukowski a bit more original and a bit more genuine than the rest of uh, of I the think, writers of his generation. I, I think the epitaph on his tombstone says, don't try. So that that says a lot. Like, uh, it's it's a little difficult to, to grasp exactly how much that statement says, but that's Bukowski to me. Well, but he tried at the end of the day. So anyway, okay. I found the other guy that I found very fine. So he says, 
The Turner Diaries, for those of you who don't know, the Turner Diaries is basically a white nationalist wet dream about a nuclear disaster where the white race takes over. Mein Kampf, the protocol of the elders of Zion and the bell curve. By the way, this is, this is pure... Charles, Murray, Charles, Charles Murray's bell curve? First of all, yeah, why Charles Murray is in the same category with, the bell, with uh, Mein Kampf and the Turner Diaries? But see why this guy is virtual signaling. Who is going to go on a date and say, my favorite book is Mein Kampf? I mean, by the time you sit on the table, you've probably realized that something is, is not okay with this guy. So this is, this is really, really virtual signaling stuff. Okay. I feel, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah I, I feel like, uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's what I would say. <laughs> yeah. And, and here's another one. So got 18,000 likes. So it has... The front page of Atlas Rag, and instead of the title Atlas Rag, it says, it's totally okay to be a douchebag. Now, my question is this. How can someone read Atlas Ragged and reach the conclusion that the message of the book is that it's, okay to- it's totally okay to be a horrible person? So I <laughs> wonder even if these people had actually read the book. And this is because... I mean, you can miss many things in Atlas Rag. Okay, I don't expect you to read the whole of Goldspeed. But is it possible that someone reads it and they don't get at least something, let's say from Hank Reardon's struggle or from the struggle of the wet nurse or from, uh, from the feminist message of Dagny breaking the, the glass ceiling. So I really, I cannot enter the psychology of someone who reads Atlas Rag and doesn't get it. So I don't want to be monolithic or I don't want to be like a party liner, but why would, what mindset could you be in not to like anything in Atlas Rock and consider it so bad that it's actually at that level with these other works? Yeah, first of all, I think if somebody compares it to the to works like Mein Kampf, um, they're saying more about themselves than they're saying about the work that they're criticizing. You can't really get uh, come to those types of conclusions by actually reading the material. You have to be a full-blown, you have to be a full-blown, you have to be infected by altruism to such a degree that any expression of human pride or any expression of self-worth fills you with loathing. And that once again says something more about the person who has that reaction of feeling. As Ayn Rand would say herself, your response to a piece of a work of art says a lot about your own values. And, and I, te- I find that people, um, people who think that pride is evil and that self-assertion is bad, that strength and determination are you know, flaws rather than, than um, attributes to be striven for, those are the types of people that get really upset with something like Atlas Shrugged. In a, in a way, yes. It's, it's, the book is a judgment in your life saying you could be this could be you, or this could be your values. Not in terms of you should be written, but you should at least aspire to pride. You should at least aspire to say for something in life, this is mine. But this is mine by saying, this is my achievement. I created this. And again, it hasn't got to be a factor. It can be a poem. It can be even a thought. It can be a nice feeling, but it's yours. That's what I cannot understand, how people cannot love this feeling that I created this. I for once, my life comes up to something beyond the ordinary. We have a super chat from Robert. First of all, thanks so much to all the super chatters. So Robert says, some deal breakers should be put right out front. Others are so prone to be 
misinterpret it. It's better to wait to establish the context. Atlas usually belongs in the latter. Hmm. So basically, Robert is saying quite often you can miss something in someone's context, so you shouldn't write someone off anyway so quickly. Well, so, but let's be let's let's also be honest and talk about. I think what many objectivists, maybe not many, but a number of objectivists, project a certain attitude towards others that I don't think it, it really really comes from objectivism, but comes from their sort of twisted and maybe narcissistic take on on what Rand was saying. And so they can come off on the one hand as, you know, a proselytizers sort of spewing out undigested jargon or overbearing or uncaring. And, and you know, certainly a philosophy is out there. Um, that doesn't mean that the people who claim to be adherents of it aren't going to find a way to mold it to their own unique twist on the world. And I think a lot of people have come into contact with objectivists that project that kind of ickiness. And in a way, it's the way not to go because you put your ideas, not your ideas, you put basically a party line first rather than your personality. And the way I see it, no, it's the opposite. It's your personality that needs to be, it's philosophy that needs to be lived through you. Mm -hmm. And I've heard many prominent objectivists, I've heard Yaron saying this many times, the best way to advocate objectivism is to live it. So if someone... Right. So Sorry? Yeah, you're right. And when you hear Yaron talk, you don't hear Ayn Rand coming through his mouth. You hear you hear Yaron. It's Yaron's philosophy. You know, when you digest the philosophy, it becomes yours. And so you articulate it differently than Rand would. So whenever I hear people articulating the ideas of objectivism, the way Rand would, I, I, I feel like I've come up against somebody who hasn't been thinking too deeply about what she was saying. And yes, and in a way it goes contrary, the message of you have to be, you have to have your own thinking. And this doesn't mean that, oh, I have to come up with a disagreement, but it has to be, <coughs> how do you understand the ideas? And again, we're talking here about the date. We're not talking about ARI has hired you to give a seminar. We're talking about this, a completely different uh, different situation. Anyway, my, fa my favorite tweet below that is the absolute virtue signaler who throws everything in. So he says, anything to do with Ayn Rand, the art of the deal. So to say, I'm also anti-Trump. Mind me and Kumpf. So he probably tried to say Mein Kampf. Turner Diaries, also misspelled. 20 Shades of Grey. He missed that also. It's 50 Shades of Grey. So this guy is so eager basically to say, please, please, please be assured that I'm exactly what you want. That and again, I don't think that this would work on a date. On a date, you don't want to be, oh, I'm, I'm here to accommodate every of your ideas and I don't want to challenge anything, uh, anything from you. I don't think any woman would actually want that. And anyway, another super chat. Where do you draw the line for yourself? Memes of Russ fans throwing their dates out of moving cars when they say they don't like Russ. I love Russ and Atlas Rugged, but would never throw someone out. <laughs> yes, obviously don't throw someone out, but okay, where do you draw the line? So let's say you meet someone, there's a sparkle there, there's something very strong. And she says, let's say, I'm uh, my favorite book is, uh, I don't know, The Thoughts of Greta Thunberg. I would still be curious to see where that person is coming from. 
So I wouldn't hide my disagreements, but I would try to see where they where they come from. And again, I, I quite often give the example of sometimes you ask young people, why are you, let's say, a Marxist? And there was one student who gave such a story that I was almost in tears in class. He said something like, I used to go to protest with, uh, and she mentioned someone, she was very close, someone very close to her, a family member, and that family member is not anymore in life. And she's like 18, I'm not going to start lecturing that person. Oh, but, uh, you know, uh, altruism and all that stuff. First, you need to you need to understand where people are coming from. And then you start see if there's any way to bridge that context or if there is any way to build some rapport. So, yeah, again, you're, you're right. But I mean, that that is definitely a curiosity and a conversation piece and interesting for one for maybe one one time. But if, if somebody if somebody actually were to like that that type of book, it's, it is telling you something about long-term values that I think you would you would have to start questioning whether or not uh, you're compatible. Oh, no question about that. Yes, yeah. but this was this was about either throwing the car or leaving the dead. Maybe I would maybe even have. I'm always curious with people. I may, I would even maybe have a second date to see again. Maybe if there's something very interesting here now. <clears throat> be honest dates is not really my thing in terms of it's not that oh i don't know someone and we're gonna go out for two hours and i'm gonna find out more about you usually this is not how my romantic life has worked so i i don't really talk so usually there's different context how i you know how you meet uh, how you meet people but yeah this is not to say that we become now relativists we say yes everything is okay but again don't, I wouldn't use this as a virtue signal to say, oh, I left the meeting because he brought up uh, Greta Thunberg or, or whatever. Okay, so what else do we have? Uh, I, I, remember, I remember one time Dennis Prager uh, was talking about James Carville. Do you know James Carville? James Carville was a political pundit. He was sort of, uh, uh, he was in the Clinton administration. He became a pundit later on, talking head on the news, popular talking head because he was sort of an extremist guy from... Louisiana. Well, he was married to, uh, I forget her name now, uh, but she was a prominent Republican. And I remember Dennis Prager saying, well, they can't take their politics too seriously if, they, if they're married. Um, and that's true, right? Because the, at the time, at least in the 90s, those ideas represented fundamental opposites to most people. And you couldn't see how they could make a relationship work if they disagreed on, on such a fundamental level about life and values and again it's i remember something that yaron said which affirms what you just said so someone asked something like that and he said imagine returning home so imagine you're married with someone with completely different views and you return home after a, a hard 10-hour day of work or you travel around the world to spread objectivism or whatever and then you return home and there's a person who actively does not appreciate what you did the previous 10 hours or why you stayed awake for nights traveling to do the thing. It, it won't work. And it will leave you with a feeling of emptiness. I mean, think about Reardon, how disappointed he is when he returns home after having created the Reardon Medal and his family couldn't care less. So there are two discussions here. The one yes. is don't be this virtue signaler, oh, I would leave immediately, but also 
it's this is not to say the way to go is relativism. Well, the way I to go is I, I can't say we, we we can't say that the virtue signals are actually are actually holding on to any values other than being popular in that tweet thread. So um, you know we're we're saying you know values are important and they certainly determine compatibility in a lot of ways. But and what I'm saying is being popular to what Twitter thread is not going to make you super romantically successful. And that's my view. Take it or leave it. One right. more, one more super chat. Thank you so much for your super chat, by the way. My final advice: just be super hot and live large, and you can say, read, and do what you like. Yes, the best way to spread objectives is to leave it. Exactly. So bring your good energy, bring your personality, and people will actually get excited with these ideas if they're excited about you. And the last thing. I would say it's much, much better to have five people liking you a lot rather than having 85 <coughs> people being, eh, okay, he's okay, not too bad, not too, nothing too exciting. So go for it and uh, yeah, don't hold back with who you are because you know who cares? Life is too short and it's not gonna be it's not gonna be exciting anyway if you if you are this kind of person that you wouldn't bring Atlas Rag on a date because he or she might get offended. Anyway, Mark, any last advice to people about dating, first dates, what to bring up, romantic life in general? Yeah, wear, wear your Atlas Shrugged flag proudly. Let your freak flag fly, as they say. <laughs> That's the way to go. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much, everyone. Many thanks to people in the super chat. And we're going to be in Clubhouse for... A follow-up if you want to share your views. More stuff coming up in the Iron Run Center. I'm still, I, there's so many th new things that I don't even know if Razek has announced them officially. Maybe he hasn't, so I don't want to spoil something. I'm just going to say super exciting stuff. We're just creating the poster. Just when you see the poster about what's coming next Tuesday, you're going to be excited. So thanks, Mark. Thanks, Thank everyone. You. See you soon. Bye-bye.